0: Hey, welcome to the Naked Marriage Podcast. We are Dave and Ashley Willis, and on this podcast, we undress the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. And we have got a great episode for you and a really great question that we answer at the very end for our Q&A time. So stick around for that as well.
1: That's right. We are talking about some really interesting things. And this is one of those conversations like many of ours where, you know, if you have kids in the car, you may just wanna be prepared to answer some interesting questions from them. So just keep that in mind. But before we dive in, we would like to tell you about one of our resources.
0: All right, we have got an important and somewhat spicy,
1: very conversation Not even today. Somewhat, like, very. And
0: this is pretty spicy. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about fetishes. We're talking about role playing to kind of. Go with the theme uh, and, to, and to fit into Ashley's fantasies. I'm actually dressed as a pool boy that right now. That is not my fantasy. I have a Speedo on. And, um, it's not my fantasy,
1: I promise.
0: You know it is. Actually, <laughs> you I'm, are
1: my fantasy. I'm not in a Speedo.
0: It's it, Me and a Speedo is not anybody's fantasy. I promise you that. It's just <laughs> would not be a good look. We've gotten some really interesting questions lately. And this particular episode, like many of our episodes, was inspired by your questions. So thank you guys for those who write us um, on Instagram at Dave and Ashley Willow. Us, you find us on Facebook or uh, you email us or, of course, nakedmarriagepodcast.com where you can submit questions that we answer right here on the air. got a question on Facebook this week. This guy's message, he wrote it and he said, listen, my wife and I are both Christians. We we love each other. We have a good marriage. We have a good sex life. And we believe in God's plan for sex. And we want to make sure we're not stepping out of bounds or, or playing with fire, so to speak, that might come back to, to harm us. And I have a preference in the bedroom, it's actually a a fetish, fetish is the word that he used, that stems back to his childhood when he was exposed at an early age to these fetish videos of spanking. The videos Mm -hmm. weren't themselves porn, it wasn't depicting sex, it wasn't depicting nudity, but it was depicting spanking in in an erotic manner. Uh, and that kind of imprinted on him and it created this this link between between spanking your partner and arousal and sex so that when he did get married, uh, this is something that he wanted to bring into the marriage. His wife is okay with it. right? Uh, and he's saying, you know, we're both okay with it. We're not hurting each other, but I just have this fetish for, you know, for spanking and for that being something that turns me on. And right. And frankly, I'm not sure that I can even be aroused without it. It, So it's very much linked now to his whole sexuality and his whole sexual expression within marriage. And he's just saying, you know, what do I do with this? Do we just kind of keep keep going? And as we've done research, a lot of people do have fetishes. And we're not just talking about fantasy. We're actually going to do a future episode specifically just kind of about your fantasies in the bedroom, wanting to act out, you know, specific things. But, But when your fetish is something that you feel like I can't, I can't, enjoy sex or maybe even I can't even have sex without this very specific role play or without this very specific act or object or whatever it might be, what do we do with that? And so we want to have an honest, unfiltered, possibly at times awkward, but we're willing to embrace the awkward for your all's (laughs) sake because we love you. And we're going to talk about fetishes and role playing in the bedroom.
1: That's right. And so we wanted to kind of look at what what kind of leads to fetishes. And so I, I did some research on this and there was a great article from Psychology Today and it talks about like why people tend to get fetishes and it's really interesting. So I'm just gonna read directly from this article because I couldn't say it any better. And it says fetishes appear to be the result of early imprinting and conditioning experiences in childhood or adolescence. For instance, where sexual excitement and or orgasm is paired with non-sexual objects or body parts or as a consequence of strong traumatic emotional and or physical experience. It says fetishes may be in part influenced by rejection of the opposite sex and or by youthful arousal being channeled elsewhere deliberately or accidentally. And it says some children have been said to associate sexual arousal with with objects that belong to an emotionally significant person like a mother or older sister and is known as symbolic transformation. And I just thought this was really interesting because you know there is a psychological aspect to this because it's it's something where your mind gets fixated on on something and and your brain has tied this to sexual arousal and you know in the instance of the messages uh, the message that we received from that guy I mean he was saying like at a young age his first exposure to something erotic was this you know these spanking videos where he he kind of immediately in his brain it was like that is that is what leads to arousal for me and you know doing more research on this, in this article, it kind of goes on to say that fetishes in and of themselves aren't necessarily considered detrimental to someone or like a psychological problem, but where it becomes a problem is when it is harming yourself or harming others. And when it comes specifically to marriage, that means leading you to do something to hurt your spouse or make your spouse feel unsafe or leading you to maybe go outside you know your marriage to fulfill that fetish. And so in this instance, you know this this couple's not doing that. The wife is fine with it, the husband enjoys it and it's something they enjoy together. But I do think in marriage where a fetish can especially become a problem is if you cannot become aroused at all without this fetish being present. And when I was reading this article, it said that most of the time people with fetishes can achieve arousal, can enjoy sex without it. But in extreme circumstances, if you can't, I think that's where you fall into a little bit of trouble because then it's, it's like you're, you're making that fetish more important than coming together with your spouse and enjoying sex. Because as we've talked about so many times on this podcast, sex is a gift from God designed specifically for a husband and wife to enjoy together. And so when it becomes more about the fetish, and just achieving your own sexual arousal, it, it just—it's problematic because it's making it just an act. To, to make you an, you know have a, an orgasm, essentially, and not, not really coming together with your spouse and enjoying sex in the way that it should be enjoyed.
0: Yeah, that is so well said, sweetie. And uh, I mean, one of the big themes we have here on the Naked Marriage Podcast in our book, The Naked Marriage, is pointing back to the biblical truth that God gives us an enormous amount of freedom yes, as absolutely. a husband and wife in the bedroom. And so we want you to have that freedom and enjoy that freedom. But a fetish can oftentimes be the illusion of acting out your freedom when really it becomes its own prison. It's the. It can become the opposite of yes, freedom, right? Because it's holding you in bondage—no pun intended. If bondage is actually one of your fetishes, spiritual
1: bondage, like a spiritual yes.
0: bondage, where you you feel trapped and imprisoned by it, or addicted to it, right? And like you know, Ashley was was talking about where you're, at that point your spouse just becomes a means to an end, just the warm body that you're using to act out that particular desire or fetish. Um, that you're fueled by it, you're addicted to it. And it's no longer an act of making love with your spouse and, and the right. oneness and the pleasure and all that God intended sex to be. But it becomes almost like a junkie having to get one more hit. And your, your spouse is just kind of a, a willing participant and, you know, helping you achieve that, that momentary high. But uh, at that point, if that's all that it is, really, it's, it's, it's not freedom in the bedroom. It's right. it's bondage. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's not helpful or healthy, right. and so that's what we really have to talk about. and if that's where you get with any any kind of fetish or anything in the bedroom or, where I have to I have to have this right. to really you know get turned on at that point at that point, I think it might be worthwhile having some conversations first with your spouse, not in the moment, but just let like right. me say talk to your spouse about sex over breakfast in like natural without ways without yeah. your children in the room <laughs> and then if if it really if you both believe like this has become an out of balance problem or issue that I really want to get to the root of this. I want to go right. back to whatever it was in my past that, that set this thing in motion. Because this has gone. This is more just from a preference, and I think it's great. It's fine to have preferences in the bedroom. Absolutely positions you like. Uh, you know, to to enjoy the freedom and and the and flexibility, so to speak. Right. But if it's no longer that, if now it feels more like a prison that I can't mm-hmm. escape. it might be good to meet with a counselor who specializes uh, in these kinds of things, a Christian counselor, by the way, uh, to help you navigate through this and help you enjoy your preferences uh, with your spouse in the bedroom without being in bondage to, to a specific imprisoning form of, of fetish.
1: Absolutely. And I think when it comes to enjoying sex, again, like Dave said, there's a lot of freedom that, you know, there's certain boundaries that are very clear in the Bible about not bringing in any other person into your marriage bed, you know, whether physically they're in person or virtually when it comes to things like porn. But other than that there is a lot of freedom. It needs to be a safe place, it needs to be a place of love and respect. But I think most of all when when it comes to sex and even when it comes to preferences or fetishes, we need to think about like when it comes to sex is my number one aim for having sex with my spouse to connect with them and to share in this experience? Or is it just to meet my own sexual needs? Because I think when the number one reason is just to meet our own sexual needs through a fetish, through whatever it is, you know, whatever our preferences are, then that's when things, you know, they're really out of balance because it needs to be the number one reason in our mind and heart it needs to be to connect and really to serve our spouse too. It can't be this selfish thing. You know, it needs to be to to come together, to serve our spouse, to connect with our spouse in a way like no other way. And so I think that where fetishes can kind of take us and, and lead us maybe down a path that we didn't intend is, is when it becomes about that, that particular fetish. And I think that, you know, we're gonna kind of turn the, the conversation a little bit here. I think another thing that is kind of in the same vein as fetish is role play. And we've had lots of conversations with different people asking about role play. And again, God does give us a lot of freedom when it comes to this. You know, maybe that can spice it up for you if you have like a fun little role play thing that you do. Um, That's fine, but again, if it becomes more about the character that you're playing, and you cannot achieve sexual arousal without thinking that your spouse is some other character, or or maybe like you really have a crush on this certain you know movie star, and you always want them to act like they're this certain movie star, I mean that's really that's really you know it, it can hurt your spouse's heart in the long run. And I actually talked to a wife about this at one of our conferences once. She was saying, you know, she and her husband have enjoyed role play for a long time. But he has this one specific character that he always asks her to play, and he likes to play a specific character. And if she calls him by his real name and doesn't call him by that character's name, he gets really angry with her, and it kind of ruins the moment. And she said, It's just gone so far as to he can't get into the mood for sex unless they are in this role play dynamic. And she said, You know, she started crying talking to me, and she's like, I want to support my husband. I want to, him to, you know, I want him to be attracted to me. I want him to enjoy sex, but I feel like it's become more about playing out his fantasies. And, and being in these in these certain kind of characters, then really connecting with me. And she said, "I want him to want me." Yeah. And yeah. I think you know, it just it broke my heart as I was talking to her because I was I just thought that's exactly what it's all about is we want to want our spouse and not this character, not this fetish, not this means to an end when it comes to sex.
0: Yeah, that is so. That, that that's so good. You've you've got to you've got to want each other. Right. That is. Yeah, my mind is just is just kind of spinning with all of the different questions and doubts. Because the bottom line is, you know, God says in in Scripture the marriage bed should be kept pure right. by all. Now, again, with with that pure, that doesn't mean boring or bland or only one position or any, anything like that. But right. the pure means it's a safe place. It is the safest place on earth for both of you. And if the marriage bed no longer feels like a safe place for one or both spouses, then you really have to step back and ask yourself why. If right. if 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 the sexual aspect of your marriage isn't bringing you closer together on every level. If it's something where it's one spouse who's kind of dominating in terms of his or her preferences or fetishes, and the other spouse over time is just feeling used or maybe even Mm -hmm. kind of dreading sex, maybe going along with it as a way to to serve the other spouse's needs, but, but is not themselves enjoying it. If the sexual aspect of your relationship isn't bringing you closer physically, emotionally, spiritually, then... Then you have to step back and ask yourself why? And I'm not saying that there there aren't lots of places in marriage for one spouse to really want to serve and accommodate the needs of the other spouse, whether it's in terms of, you know, well, he or she, you know wants to wants to try this, sure, let's let's give it a try because they want to, and I want to serve their needs. Or maybe one spouse has a much higher sex drive. The other spouse says, you know what? Uh, let's do a quickie. You know, I don't really mm-hmm. need it right now, but you do, I wanna serve you in that way. Now, if that's all you're ever doing, that's an issue. Right. But sometimes within balance saying, I wanna meet your needs, I wanna serve your needs, even though um, I might not be feeling it right now, or this might not be something that I care anything about trying, um, we'll do that for you. But very quickly, if this if this can become out of balance to the place where it is always one spouse just trying to expect the other spouse to be this on-demand Sex doll, so to speak, right, to just right. act out whatever, whatever. Um, very quickly, that's going to get out of balance. And it's going to make the others it's going to make both spouses actually start drifting apart. oh, yeah, uh, because at that point, you're not using this beautiful gift of sex as a way to to come together um in unity, spiritually, mm-hmm. emotionally, physically. But it, it just becomes, this means to meeting one spouse's very specific needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other spouse is just kind of an, an inactive participant in that. Right. So if in your marriage, uh, any aspect of your sex life is something that's causing you or either spouse to feel like, I feel like this is causing a wedge in our marriage instead of unity, then it's time to talk about it. And right. that wedge we've heard from, you know, from one spouse from like just for instance, a wife says, you know, my husband really likes to talk dirty in the bedroom mm-hmm. and, yep. you know, and call, you know, call me names or to just use language with each other that we would never use elsewhere. And I go along with it, but really it makes me feel dirty. It makes, mm-hmm. it kind of brings, it kills yeah. the mood for me. It brings this level of shame instead of freedom. Right. Um, so the, he's getting super turned on by it. And like, I'm feeling really disconnected from him. Right. And so I think you guys have to talk through these things. If one of you is feeling really disconnected by this, then it's a problem for both of you. right? Anything that's a problem for one spouse is a problem for both spouses.
1: And it's, it's a, you know, it's not, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, you're describing me, you know, I don't want you to think, oh my gosh, we're doomed. You know, this is a great opportunity to talk through things, to really hear out your spouse and to really understand kind of where the desire comes from. You know, and I want to kind of shift to talking about this whole thing about being do- having a dominant and a submissive. And I know years ago, there was that famous, th- those famous films, you know, 50 shades of Grey. I've never seen the entire movie, but they're shown on TV now, so I've seen some scenes from it. And you know, I know it has that whole dominant and submissive thing. But what people fail to see is, you know, in that main character who who wants to be dominant, it's because of a childhood trauma. It's because he was himself sexually abused, and so this has really been glorified. And it kind of makes me so sad because people who you know we hear from people all the time who have been sexually abused. And, and it, it, it's just something that they carry with them and it takes years to heal from. And, you know, so I, 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 just, wanna, I just wanna point that out quickly that, you know, if, if you're listening to this, you've been sexually abused and maybe you're dealing with some of these very issues because of that, you know, our hearts go out to you. And I just wanna encourage you to go to counseling, to go to a Christian counselor, get help, work through this. You don't have to let this define your life. You don't have to let this hold you back from having the marriage that God wants you to have or to even have the sex life that God wants you to have. And so like, Going back to talking about dominant and submissive, for some people, this is a turn on, but I think it can go again, just like the fetish thing, just like the role play thing. It can go, it, it can steer us wrong when one spouse cannot be turned on unless they're in that that dynamic. Like there's some people who've written us where they feel like they need to be dominated. Like they need to feel like their life's in danger and like, like their spouse is going to harm them in order to be turned on. And I, I would just ask yourself, why is that? like that probably goes back to some kind of trauma in your life. And, and I would say, you know that's, a, that's probably a, a red flag that you need to go see a counselor and work through that because you don't need to feel in a prison of having to put be put in this dynamic. And, and the same goes for the person who feels like they have to be the dominant one. They have to be holding down their spouse in some way in order to be aroused. Again, that, that probably goes back to an issue of control in your life. Maybe you felt out of control. And it has manifested itself in you feeling like you have to be in, in this dominant position of control when it comes to sex in your marriage in order to be turned on. These are things that we need to work through. Now, if it's something where it's a little role play thing for you guys, you know, and it's neither one of you feels harmed and you feel totally safe and it, it's spicing things up, that is the freedom that God gives us. But again, you have to, it's a slippery slope that we really have to monitor and adjust all the time. And it really comes down to what is going on in our mind and heart you know why what what is the motivation here what is bringing on this desire and if it's something where we're being held captive by it that's not of god that's something where we need to go and we need to work that out because god wants us to have freedom he doesn't want us to be a captive to anything from our past or especially anything someone else has done to us and and that we've been a victim of we need to work through that and have the freedom that god wants to give us and, and the peace that he gives us. And so, you know, please, if you're listening to this and, and this is your dynamic, we are not judging you in any way. We are just saying this is a great opportunity to talk about your motivation for doing these different things, for wanting to be dominant, for wanting to be submissive, for wanting to be in roles, for wanting to have this fetish every time. It comes down to the mind and heart. And, and, and most of all, God, you know, when it comes to sex, he just wants us, he wants our hearts to be pure. And he wants our hearts to be, you know, for our spouse to have a desire for our spouse to come to our spouse and connect with our spouse in, in an emotional way, a spiritual way, in a physical way that is like no other.
0: And that is so well said. And coming back to this theme of, of freedom that we have in the bedroom, but not not using freedom is really just a way to mask a, a form of unhealthy bondage. Uh, there's a Bible verse that I think speaks to this really well, and it's from First Peter chapter two, verse sixteen, and it says, for, "For you are free, yet even in our freedom, you know, we're still under God's authority." And so don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil or don't use your freedom as an Absolutely, excuse yes. to do something that's that's hurtful or wrong. And I think that's really, that's what we're talking about here. We have such freedom in Christ. Right. You know, whom the son has set free is free indeed. We're a new creation in him. Whatever we've been through, whatever baggage, whatever abuse we've endured, whatever sin that we've carried into the marriage that's created some sexual baggage, we've been free, set free from that. But don't use your freedom as an excuse to, to go back, you know, into continuing to open up old wounds. Don't use your freedom. Like the book of Proverbs talks about like a dog returning to its vomit, like eat, you know, going back and eating this thing that that is disgusting. Um, So don't, don't, there's no place for, for any kind of shame. You don't need to feel shame right now in this conversation. This is not meant to put shame on anyone. This is meant to lift shame off of you. Shame is not God's shame is the devil's business. Right. You know, God will sometimes bring conviction, which is very different from shame. Conviction is saying, "Hey, this is hurting you." like a hand on a hot stove is going to hurt." And that that impulse of pain is meant for you to take your hand away from that stove so that right. you don't hurt yourself. And if you're feeling any kind of sting in your marriage as it relates to to what's happening sexually, then talk about it. Right. Talk about it openly with your spouse. Uh, and if if it doesn't seem to resolve, talk about it openly, perhaps with a Christian counselor. But just know that God's plan for you, God's plan for your marriage is one with a thriving sex life.
1: Right. It is
0: one with freedom. It is one with peace. It is one with joy. It is one with unity. And if your marriage is missing any of those aspects inside or outside the bedroom, then work together to get those because right. don't settle for anything less.
1: It's so true. And the bottom line is you can work together and get those things. You know, some of you listening to this today, your heart is kind of heavy right now because you're like, gosh, I mean... We've dealt with these issues and I felt insecure and I felt shame in this. And I felt like sex is dirty because my spouse wants to do things I don't want to do or I want to do things and my spouse has kind of shamed me for it. And I just want you to know that you can work through these things that, you know, just because maybe you've heard something and you're and you're feeling convicted doesn't mean that you're doomed, doesn't mean that, you know, shame on you. Like we're saying shame on you. We're not. We're saying, you know, this is just it's a sign, just like Dave just said, putting that hand on the hot stove and knowing that it's burning you. It's a sign that maybe there's some things to work on. And the truth is, there is no marriage that has arrived in any area of the marriage. Like we all are works in progress and God is not looking for perfection from us because none of us are perfect. He just wants us to keep on pursuing him and pursuing one another and achieving progress. And that's the whole reason that we do this podcast is because we ourselves are always learning. We've been married almost 18 years. We've been together about 20 years and, and we are always no, works we, in we've progress. We've been married,
0: I, I can't believe I get to correct almost you on this. Almost 19 years? 18 and a, half. and a half.
1: oh, that's right. So you you short so us a glad. year. I've, I've, I'm have i so glad I, that you corrected it. me. I,
0: <laughs> caught it. Oh, that's great! Uh, so you
1: did,
0: yay, yay! I, you know, and you're just as beautiful as you were the oh, day that goodness. I married. Oh I'm looking old, but you somehow you just looking keep old. looking young. So hot. So yeah, guys, just keep all those things in mind, and don't forget to have fun. Like sex absolutely. is absolutely sex yes. is supposed to be fun. We're not we're not coming into your bedroom wearing a referee hat and a whistle trying to call fouls. No, uh, we want you to enjoy freedom, and so does God. But if that if that fun is is
1: we pro- just want to see you have a full life. Yes, The life that God wants you to have in your marriage and in the rest of your life.
0: It's good stuff. Don't settle yes. for anything less. All right, we got a great question. I mean, we've been answering, I guess, a great question for this whole episode. Yes. But we always end the episode with a very specific question that you send in at nakedmarriagepodcast.com. Thank you guys for your questions. And for those who send us again, questions on on Instagram at David Ashley Willis or Facebook, wherever you send them, we appreciate them. Sweetie, why don't you read this week's question? All
1: right, it says, hi, David and Ashley. My question pertains to the orgasm episode that you released. How do I know when I have reached an orgasm? I've been married for two years and I'm not quite sure if I have. Some people say, you will just know. But that phrase only confuses me more. Sometimes I feel what I would describe as a small chemical release in my brain, but it only lasts a second or two. I thought that it would be a bigger sensation than that. What are the actual signs that a female has reached orgasm? Does what I describe sound like one? Side note, my husband is engaged in helping me try to reach this high. So my confusion is not due to him neglecting my pleasure.
0: This is a great question, and honestly one that we we get a lot, mm-hmm. and, and it's a, an important question, and I'm glad that you guys are writing us these questions and that you consider us a safe place to have these conversations. And so this lady is wanting to connect with her husband and to make sexual fulfillment uh, a priority for mm-hmm. both of them in marriage, and it sounds like this husband is doing all he can and making this a priority as well, but she is feeling a little bit maybe of insecurity of, I don't know, maybe I'm doing something wrong, I don't know right. if I'm experiencing it or if I'm not. Um, And so how do you know? How how do you know what is it supposed to feel like and what can we do differently to help reach and sustain a pleasurable orgasm for both of us?
1: Absolutely. No, I think this is a great question. And I want to let you know, We don't have enough time to go into great detail. We're going to touch on it. But if you want to know more about this, go back and listen to Sexpectations Part 2 in our podcast. We have Dr. Becky Allen on there, and she is a physical therapist with a specialty in women's health issues, specifically pelvic floor issues.
0: Which I didn't know what that was. We didn't even know. Like We were
1: so excited to have her on, but she goes into great detail on this. But just to kind of wrap it up, you know, just in a short time, you're, you definitely sound like you're having maybe the start of an orgasm because she says she feels a small chemical release in her brain. But there is, obviously, there's other physical things that go on. So it is emotional, it's spiritual, it's physical, but you are definitely going to have some muscles that are going to, to clench in, in the female region and, and they're going to, to clench during orgasm. And that's definitely a sign that you're having an orgasm. There's blood that is rushing down there and you're going to have some fluids that are going to come down there. And so it, it's it's a full physical experience with it, and I think that's something that it sounds like she wasn't sure. You know what are the signs, and so that's something that that you're going to experience. But I will say this: it's a little different for every person, and so the length at which you experience that's going to be a little bit different. Um, the things that actually stimulate you to get to orgasm are going to be a little bit different. And so I think it's awesome that you have a husband that sounds like he's very open to, to finding out what those places are, like what what really gets you there. But one thing I want to point out too is it's not, there's not usually simultaneous orgasm with couples. Like that may happen every now and then, but most of the time, right. I mean, Hey, if it happens, amazing. That's awesome. But like, it's usually one goes before the other. And so it's, it's just a matter of, of serving your spouse and being conscientious to make sure you both have an orgasm. But it sounds like you guys are an awesome couple being patient with each other. And we really appreciate you writing in this question.
0: Guys, thank you so much for listening, for laughing and learning along with us. Great questions. Uh, Continue to just have these conversations in your marriage. Communication really is the starting point for nearly every improvement in marriage and the solution uh, for most of the struggles we face. Thank you for subscribing to this podcast. Thank you for leaving your five-star reviews uh, wherever you're listening. It really does help other people discover it. We read, by the way, all of your reviews. And they mean- We love hearing from you. We love it. And it means so much to us to receive those. And let us know uh, what kind of future episodes you'd like to hear, because this is really, really for you. For some additional resources, I encourage you to check out our Netflix of marriage, so to speak, which is called XO Now. You can find out more about that at xonow.tv. My love, any final words of wisdom?
1: I just appreciate you all listening. Have a great day.